Hello and welcome to Breaking Late. I'm your host, Michael, and with me again is JD. How are you, mate, after some late nights? Not so bad. How about yourself, mate? Uh, you feeling a bit older, are you? Ah, uh, always older. Another <laughs> day, you know, another year, just wiser again. <laughs> That's how it happens. No, it was a very um big weekend in yep. motorsport as well. Massive weekend, really, yeah. Um, Well, the glitz and the glamour was out, and we were down at the Principality of Monaco in that I mean, it's one of those racing tracks, you know, you can't pass, but God, it's it's definitely the high point of the year, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely one of my highlights of the year. Um, good old Monaco brings out some some cool cool things every year, a little bit of crashes, some safety cars, a little mixed up race, so and it didn't disappoint again. No, and it's just it looks great on camera too. Oh, it's a pretty city, isn't it? Like I know why millionaires live. I mean, that's because of tax reasons. But, you know, yeah. just it's a nice place to go. You've got the water. You've Everyone seems to have, if you want to live there, you have to have a super yacht. Yeah, there was a few of them there, weren't there? Yeah, it's like parking space only out in the harbour. Like, you, you'd have to book months in ahead to get a mooring spot. Yeah, it's crazy how um, there's quite a few little cruise ships and stuff out the front too. And mm. Yeah, it's it's all going on that harbour. It should be pretty pretty chaotic, it's, I reckon. It's a race that I'd like to see, one that I doubt I'll ever afford to go to. Yeah, it's definitely on the bucket list, but uh, I might be in the same there with you Maybe as well. Maybe grandstand wouldn't be so bad, and then like stay in nice in France. So it's a bit of a drive in, but you know, <laughs> don't think I'd actually be able to afford to stay in Monaco. But oh, it's a hell of a place. Yeah, qualifying. Yes, mate. What's your, take, what's your talking points from that? Well, uh, Ferrari obviously looking good. Uh, Mercedes not looking so strong. Hamilton really struggling. They never really told us what... They just said it was a set-up problem with the car, and they couldn't yeah. change it between the race and qualifying. Rosberg actually let us all know that, and he's like, I know what's wrong. I don't think I can say. And Martin Brundle was like, tell us. Like, you yeah. can tell us anything. Like, you're a world champion. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Um, no, didn't let us know. He, all he said was, that, yeah, it was a setup issue that something with the car that they couldn't change. Yeah. The Park Ferme. Unfortunately, it really did hinder his weekend. Hamilton was nowhere. Yeah, he did relatively well, I guess. What did he finish? Seventh, I think, in the mm. end. Yeah, he got um, up in the points, which is pretty, pretty good, good from, what was he, 14th or 16th or something? 13th. 13th yeah. after Button's penalty. Yeah, so that's, that's still pretty good effort. doesn't sound like a lot, you know, former world champion and probably one of the fastest cars mm. only getting up to P7, but it's still a pretty strong effort on a track where you can't really pass. But back in the qualifying, the car just didn't look nice. Even, like, we know in Q3, in Q2, sorry, he got held up with Stoffel, where he put into the wall through the, is it the swimming pool chicane down the back end of that section? Yeah, that's exactly yep. right. Yep. Causing the yellow flag. And that ruined his race. And he knew that. You could see he was devastated. But before that, the the couple of laps prior, it was little mistakes in the car just looking very twitchy and not stable. And just, I mean, yeah. Pat Simmons was saying he, he was on for like fifth, you know. Yeah, well, that's setting the fastest laps, what um, Martin Brundle ended up saying on the, I think it was the Sunday. He said, well, in hindsight, they probably should have left him out there because what he was struggling was with tyre temp problems. He couldn't get his tyres up to temp. Yeah. Couldn't get them in the working window, and therefore he was nowhere because if you watched his start of Q2, he was setting times that were obviously where he finished. Mm. Um, and then he couldn't put a lap together. Every lap he'd, he'd cut through a chicane or whatnot because the back end would get a bit slidey. So Brundle said, 
they should just maybe left him out there and just continue to run till the tires come into the window and uh, got some more laps under his belt. Instead, they pulled him in because he wanted to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and therefore, he had to, only had two chan- bites of the cherry at the end. And uh, obviously, the one where he was going to go faster. Mm. Uh, uh, the accident. I mean, yeah. that happens, especially a track like Monaco. But it's very common. Why? There, yeah. yeah. Why wouldn't you just leave him out? Let him do some few laps. I mean, these is this track gives you no tire deg. Yeah, and he only needed to be in the top ten. He wasn't trying to set his. Uh, although it would have probably hindered him a little bit in the race, but not really. Um, these tires seem to keep going forever and ever and ever. Anyway, yeah, like they they didn't care what compound you're on. You're going to make it to the end. Yeah, you could just basically finish the race on the tires you started with. So, but yeah, th- that was that was real uh, real big thing to take away from qualifying for me. Um, the other one was how strong Ricardo had been looking, and then to only qualify fifth was a he bit was, of a letdown. He was frustrated. He said the car had a lot more pace in it, but he just couldn't get it. And the problem he had in qualifying was basically that he thought they had a qualifying car still that he could put it on the front row. Mm. Um, but in the final run of qualifying, they decided they would only take one run of qualifying in Q3 uh, yep. instead of giving him two sets of tyres to have a double go, like a mm-hmm. double um, uh, two, shots at it. two shots at it. And then they decided that they were not going to do what they'd done in the other laps of qualifying. So they were going, uh, the Red Bulls were going out doing a warm-up lap and then a second warm-up lap and then a fast lap. All right. And what they did to Daniel and uh, with Verstappen in the the Q3 was they said, all right, we're going to send you out closer to the end, no warm, no second warm-up lap, push hard on your first warm-up lap, get out there, get the tyres in the window and then push and go as fast as you can. They, they That was all good and well. Verstappen, that worked for Verstappen, mm. but where they plucked Daniel out in the track... They put him straight into traffic, traffic, and he had to drive slowly around on his first lap, which therefore the tyres actually cooled off heat. by the time he went for his lap. And, mm. well, the rest was history. He was a long way off for Stappen in the end, I yeah, think. Yeah, he was fifth overall. But my highlight of qualifying was Jensen Button into Q3. Yeah, yeah, that's well, pretty amazing. Well, both McLarens made it into Q3, except for Stoffel, who, you know, he made it in, but... I'm surprised because I guess he didn't actually cause a red flag in quali. It was just a yellow. Yeah, yeah. And he was pretty lucky that the floor that he damaged, they had one more on Jensen's car that they could steal. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we knew that was always going to happen. Oh, yeah. It makes sense. I'm not upset about it. I think Jensen's fine with it as well. Mm. Stoffel's the one that needs championship points so uh, and was the one higher up the grid without the engine penalties. So... Yeah, what is what was with that with Button having to take all these penalties and starting from pit lane and were well, these pre-existing penalties that they knew they were taking or yeah, so basically they they come out afterwards and said, look, we knew about these since last race. Uh, we didn't notify anyone because we didn't want to sort of bring uh, a bit of a downer on everyone coming to Monaco and whatnot. But yeah, we knew after Alonso's run at the last race that the engine was toast and we needed a few other things uh, part of the energy package to go in the car and we knew we were going to be taking some penalties. So, um, bit of a shame. Yeah, it must have been a bit of a shock for Button. I mean, once everyone found out, you know, we all knew, but at least, really, Monaco is all about Saturday. I mean, everyone loves to win on Sunday. I think he had a ball, but anyway. He seemed to really enjoy his time. 
the race when we touch on that. Yeah, could have had a, a better one. one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a good highlight. I I quite enjoyed seeing him make it into Q three. The other the other really good drive I thought was uh, and outperformed his teammate by a long way was Carlos Sainz sitting Carlos, right there in sixth. Yeah, he did really well all That's weekend. A massive effort from the Toro Rosso and him. I mean, before we say you know the other person, I mean, we will touch on Kimi. Yeah, his pole position lap was really good. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. First pole for Kimi since France 2008. Yep. And um, Crofty wanted to let everyone know <laughs> that last time Kimi was on pole, Hamilton was 13th. Well, yeah, it happened again. Well, you you've been talking about this. We'll, we'll bash on the commentators a little bit right now. Yeah. You weren't super stoked with Crofty's. Analysis, work. yeah, analysis this weekend. Oh, he just—he was very opinionated about a few things, which I don't think he was correct about. I guess people probably sit out there and say the same stuff about us, but yeah, the one that really stuck out to me was in in practice. Yeah, and I didn't see this, but you were telling me about it, and I was very surprised in what his opinion was and how everyone else reacted. So explain. So him and Teb were having a bit of a passionate discussion because Ted I think sided with everyone in the world 99% of the (laughs) population and Crofty had a different thing in his head he he basically said Crofty's view was at the last race Bottas did not deliberately hold up Vettel to help Hamilton win the race now Ted said (laughs) well I don't think he deliberately tried to block him but he didn't make it easy for Vettel to pass, and I think he deliberately kept him behind him a lot longer than he probably normally would when they weren't battling for position and they were on such different strategies. I think he would have normally let him go. Yep. And Crofty wasn't hearing it. Like, he w- didn't want to know about it. Yeah, you were saying he was just like, no, he, did, he was running his own race. Oh, he was becoming childish because he's like, oh, so what do you reckon? He was out there deliberately ruining his own race to hold back Vettel and. And it it got a bit weird to yes, be honest. And Ted, uh, Ted sort of pulled him up on it. He said, "How about this be a conversation for the pub at another date?" And then they cut back to Ted like a minute or five minutes later after something, and he started the conver- like Crofty started the conversation again. Oh nah, once you like, oh god, mate, let it go. It's one thing for us to be wrong on the internet, but you can't be wrong on TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's getting paid a lot more yeah, than well, us. <laughs> we're getting paid nothing, so yeah. we could, like, <laughs> if we mess up, we'll talk to the boss, all right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well... Take it out of my pay. You can take 50% of nothing. <laughs> yeah. Double it. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I think anyone that thinks Ham- uh, that Bottas wasn't out there not trying to hold up Vettel needs a good hard look in the mirror. It, yeah. it was That was plain and simple. All Bottas was doing during that race was... He knew he could stay out there. I'm pretty sure if he was running competitively, they would have pitted him earlier. Yeah, like, exactly. Not stay out for he that was long. Rear gunner. Yeah, and I mean uh, that's what helped Hamilton win that race was the fact that uh, Vettel lost three or four laps behind. Yeah, exactly. He um, he held him up for just long enough, really. Mm. Um, and yeah, but it was it was interesting. There was a few things in the race which were similar. Mm. 
Uh, none of them stuck in my head too much. I just remember getting frustrated at Paul Dresta. He's in with that little panel. What was his thoughts? Like he, he wanted was, no bar of it. He was staying well out of it. I could hear him laughing in the background. He turned his microphone off and he was laughing. <laughs> uh, it's always a good start when you want someone to defend you and they're like, nah, man, I'm laughing at you. <laughs> and then Crofty did turn to him and said, you know, what's your views on this? And he went, uh, well, I think he... Yeah, I think he deliberately held up Patel, and he's like, oh. <laughs> oh well, what would you know? Yeah. You've only raced Formula One before. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was pretty interesting. So, Okay, to the race. Okay. How did you see the start? Good start, nice clean start by everyone. Remarkably clean. I thought there was going to be some action. I mean, I, it's Monaco Grand Prix, everyone crashes at the start. I still remember the year of, remember Kobayashi flying over the, the curb in the Sauber, he got like yeah two car widths, car lengths high. Yeah, it was crazy that big crash. Um, but no, everyone did a great job to get off the line. There was a small lock up by but uh Bottas. Bottas. Yep. Um, really remarkably clean. The two closest guys were the two Red Bull guys. Yeah, I think they might have even bumped. I think so they might have got very close. Too. They were very very close because that and was well. It was just uh, good Max racing, had to shut the door around the outside. Yeah, and I think everyone did the right thing. Everyone gave each other just enough room, and they all squeezed through. Because at the start, you've got to be aggressive yet hold back enough that you can finish a race because you don't want to lose it. Been mm. in the first corner. Yeah, that that definitely everyone did the right thing and uh, filtered through there pretty well. Did you see in the pre-show where they're going around on the back of the bus or the truck? Yeah, or whatever yeah, 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 with Natalie and that. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, Jensen Button said he'll give uh, Natalie like ten dollars, ten, ten pounds for every on-track overpass. Did yeah. you make any money this week? I don't know. I haven't looked at the stats. I reckon, yes, there was one into turn whatever the third, second, third, last turn is before the pits. Someone uh, shoved yep. Kvyat out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the Sabers was Pascal, it? maybe. Yeah, I think it was Pascal, and then we all know what happened to him. Um, yeah. But we're not up to that bit yet. Yeah. So oh, yes. one on-track pass, though. Yeah. On Thursday. Well, Button did a pretty good on-track pass, didn't he? He wanted to let everyone know about that. He's like, I passed Hamilton. Yeah. And if and I find that video, I will link that in the show notes, but there's a good chance FOM have taken it down. His FOM are very, very strong on their media rights. They, they are it. getting so much better online, and I'm really enjoying this the Libya media open, I'm going to say open experience. Yeah. They've, they've definitely opened it up a lot more. I think they can do a lot better. They seem to be pushing their app a lot more now. And I really would love it if you could get like on demand video, like of the race, if I pay money for it. I mean, their app's already ludicrously expensive anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're, I don't know how it would work. Their app's actually to the point where, um, it was so expensive and so shit for so long that I don't even look at it anymore. No. I used to get it and it was quite good. But then um, it got to the point where I just wasn't using it live. And I was like, I'm not paying. Like these are like, it was like 40, 50, dollars, 50 bucks I think. a year or yeah. something. It just got to the point where you're like, oh, this is a bit too much where I'm sitting at the, watching it anyway. If I wasn't, yeah. I, you know, buy a TV or something, um, it would be good. But their YouTube channel... You can even look on their st statistics. The growth rate since Libya Media have taken over is huge. 
yeah. it's what you need. It needs to grow. You can grow the sport so much more online. Yeah, and I think they're tr- they're definitely trying a lot of things at the tracks on the weekends now. Some of it not going to plan. Um, I did watch a little bit of the Notebook last night before I went to bed. Ted was basically apologising profusely for the coverage over the weekend. How um, how bad it had been when they crossed to say. Um, before the race, they had the national anthem and the minute silence for Manchester. That was, I mean, I I understand, you know, what happened in Manchester was really bad, and you know, thoughts and prayers to everyone involved in it. Yeah, yeah. Right. But the TV coverage was really awkward. Well, no, there was no the, on-screen graphics. No one knew what they went, and I swear it went for like it was two minutes long. Yeah, it kind of so like it was meant to be a minute silence. The guy pressing play button on the um. So what happened, and a whole bunch of people talked through it because they weren't aware that the minute silence had actually started. They basically, no one knew when it was going to start either. They hadn't told the uh, all the TV. Because so, at every race, there's obviously you've got Sky, Channel 4, you've got like a Spanish um, coverage as well. There's like four or five different media outlets that do their own stuff and then FOM supplies them the footage of the race. Yeah, yep. Um what was basically happening is no one told gave them a run sheet of, hey, this is exactly at this time is when the minute silence will start. Mm. Then it will be followed by no announcement. The national anthem will be played. None of that was been discussed with anyone. Then there was another thing he said. Um after qualifying they took Kimmy and Vettel um and Bottas out to the end of pit lane, weirdly, the en- entry of pit lane, mm-hmm. and interviewed them there. Now, obviously no one had gone down there with a microphone before and seen whether the PA system would pick up the microphone, oh, and it not. was out of range. So it was cut the whole time for like five minutes, and it was just painful. Like you could see Sky were trying to, like shit, do we cut this? Yeah, do like we they go? were like getting ready to cut away, but they're still playing it, and it was really awkward. What's well, like at the end of the race, like the podium interview that um, once again Rosberg he said did. he said the same thing about that. He's like, no one knew whether like where Rosberg was Rosberg supposed to do was it. Doing it, but we did. I was like, all right, he's up on there. He got this new podium to do um, the yeah, presentation. Good looking podium too, there. but no one there knew what was going on either because the guy. Told Vettel to go uh, go up there, and then everyone else was not allowed up the stairs. Yeah, and then they're like, "No, no, everyone go up together," and then they'll walk out. Yeah, like, oh, okay. It's a very awkward. The girls podium. went to walk off the podium. It it always is a little bit awkward there because there's the royalty and like, don't spray them with champagne. I'm like, you're on the podium, you're free game. Yeah, but I don't and think we're going to spray the the royal family of Monaco. And I don't know. It it is. It, it feels awkward. Nothing against the princess. She's a beautiful lady in that, but she looks like she's in pain. She Every one of these have red, red on the red. Oh, yeah. Well, that's probably someone's fashion side of it. I didn't even pick up on that. But I just mean she just looks um, like she's a trophy wife and she's only there to be a trophy wife. And it, it's sad. So She's a princess, JD. Treat her like a princess. Yeah, well, she doesn't look happy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's we'll jump back to the race after we've talked about princesses and stuff like that. The pit stops. Bottas 
came in fairly early. Max followed him in. Do you think they came in too early or were they just like Bottas and Max were obviously covering each other off? Yeah, I, it, it was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? Because there's a lot of controversy. Like we, we haven't even we gonna touched st- on the. Are we gonna start on the? Are we gonna start on these guys? Or are we gonna start on the real controversial one? Because let's start on the mini controversy. Of because Red I Bull. think I think Ferrari pitting. No, was no, what no. Forced look, we will we what? will start on this one, and then I'll quickly pop out. We'll grab the tinfoil hats. <laughs> And then we'll talk about the Ferrari one. Well, but I think the Ferrari one was the domino effect. So they pitted, and then that Bottas didn't want them to get away, so they pitted. But didn't Bottas and Max pit first? Ah, uh, sorry, yeah. So Bottas pitted first, and then... Then um, Max followed Ra- him in. Yeah, and Raikkonen the next and lap. And then Raikkonen followed in after that one lap after. Yeah. Bottas, I think, was struggling a little bit on tyres and wanted to try and push for an undercut. Mm-hmm. Um... And, and Red then, Bull were having none of that with Max. So, like, you yeah. just come in, you cover him off. Yeah, exactly. And you can't really get too upset about that. That was, in hindsight, yes, they know the undercut didn't work at all and whatnot, and the, the overcut was definitely the way to go. But originally, they didn't know that. Um, they had some stats It was saying, small talk of the overcut working, but yeah, I but think everyone no, still just ruled out that it's Monaco and you don't pass. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I think he was struggling on tyres and he, he had to come in. Max is not overly happy with pitting first, but they discussed yeah, it before position. the race. Yeah, and they discussed it before the race. And um, they were always going to pit Max first. Okay, once once Max and Bottas and Raikkonen got out the way, you had Ricardo and Vettel basically start, you know... Doing away. some good lap times. Like, Ricardo was doing 16 deads. Yeah, they really were getting Vettel into it. And got down into the 15s. Yeah, yep. Uh, they really got into it. Um, the fact that they were setting the fastest lap times, as soon as other people have gone in, put fresh tire on, like, if you're fresh tires on, and then you're looking, you're like, oh, fastest lap time, Daniel Ricardo, and you're like, you're on the lap... I mean, it shows you how 20, much, no degradation. It's like, they did 25 20, or something laps or yeah. something. Plus, they used them in quali. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, what the hell? Like these, but they basically said, each whatever tire you use is going to run to the end. Yeah, there there was um there was still deg, but it didn't matter because once you were in front, if someone if you these you have to be like so four seconds wide. faster a lap to be able to get past. I that. know it was frustrating watching you like, come on, just up the inside. You're, oh, but you can't. And you're like up the inside in these wide cars. You're like. How wide? Oh. Twenty centimeters wider than last year, so mm. ten ten centimeters each each way. I loved the onboard footage of like from the driver's view How when they're going they up look. the hill. They look heaps quick. I mean, well, they're setting record lap times. Yeah, but they look. It, it looked old school. Some of it, because to me, just... looks like it's in fast forward. Mm. Dead set. I was watching it on um on Thursday in practice. I'm going. Holy crap! Especially coming down through the swimming pool, mm. where the the wall's kind of narrow. Yeah, and they push out to that far wall of fairway. I'm looking at it, going, it's just like a tunnel ram. Like you just feel like you're just being slingshot through. They this, probably don't mind driving in the fences. tunnel because the tunnel's probably like one of the widest points of the track. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um. 
yeah, it's 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 amazing how quick they are. So, and relatively, everyone drove fairly well. I think Perez set the fastest lap of the race at about a one fourteen. There you go. Oh, I, I lost that bet then. <laughs> um, but yeah, so all right, Ricardo pushed quite hard. Yeah, got the jump quite easy in the end over Bottas and um, Max. Yep. Yeah, well, uh, I, was a, I was a happy little Vegemite after that. Yeah, Ricardo got out his um, honey badger inside, and they, he he just went after it. Mm. And same with Vettel; they both did excellent jobs of driving the wheels off those cars um, to to do some excellent laps on tires that were that did have deg, they were degraded, and they were just um, sliding around a little bit, but they managed to keep it off the walls and push really hard, and it, it really paid off. All right, do you want me to go grab the tinfoil hats now? Uh, yeah, put the tinfoil hats on. All right. Hat on nice and tight? Yep. All right. Did they do it on purpose? I don't think so. You don't think so? No, this is one was of the things cynic- with cynical Crofty. plan. Crofty is adamant that it was done on purpose. Well, everyone was saying before the race that Ferrari need to switch the drivers around to inflict maximum pain on Hamilton. Yeah, make him yeah. as butthurt as possible. And it's true. Um, I think Hamilton's not so good when he's under pressure, mm. real pressure. Uh, I think he tends to struggle a little bit when he gets under that. And that's what they're doing to him. They're squeezing him. Vettel doesn't suffer from this now. as much either. No, Vettel seems to just... Well, you he hear like him second, every... Like nearly, if he hasn't won a race, he's like come second this season. Yeah. He's yeah, doing he a hasn't finished lower than second this year. Mm. Um, so he... You hear him in every interview, basically. Vettel will always say, um, I'm not looking at the points. I'm here to win the races. And or score as many points as I can. Yeah, I'm not here to look at a point score six la- uh, six races in or whatever we are seven races in. He's like, I don't care. Like we we're, we're here to do a job, mm. and that's to go faster than the other guys out there. Basically, this is his best season start, except for 2011 where he won first four. Ah, oh, 2011 he was untouchable. He won that race. He won the championship four races ago. Yeah, he was. Um. But yeah, great start by him. I I don't think this was an intentional play by Ferrari, but I think once they worked out that it it is working. a possibility, they were like, we're going to give everything we can to Vettel to make sure this can work. Oh, I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, I think it was not a play in the beginning to just give Vettel um, the lead. They freed Vettel up, and all of a sudden, Vettel had pace. Yeah, he had real pace. Like, yeah. even before, he managed to... He was staying nice and close to uh, Ricardo. He was staying nice and close to Kimi, but far enough back to get out of a bit of the dirty air and not, you know, not damage the tyres and everything, but still can close that gap to under a second when he needed to. Yeah. I, I don't know if you noticed, when they first pushed off... They had some pace. Like, they just pulled they away. They pulled away from everyone. From and then Bottas. they sort of pulled Bottas was like a, a little bit of a cork in the bottle. Mm. Really, we probably actually, when we were talking about qualifying, we probably should have given him more praise because I don't think that car was really a third position car. I think that was more like a, a fourth position car uh, or fifth position car because it was 
pretty hairy to drive. It just they, the car didn't look set. So on the gr- on the track. So the two Ferraris in the race just pulled away from him, obviously because they were comfortable. And and Bottas was trying not to put it in the wall the whole race rather than drive as fast as he can. Well, Bottas is still like going. I'm now having to play the main gunner. Yeah, I've yeah, basically, exactly. Let's try and get because as many points well, with as all possible. this result. Either way, whoever won, you know, there was always going to be a one-two Ferrari. Yep. Ferrari have now jumped Mercedes in the constructors' championship standings. So you know, Bottas knew he had to try and get it as many points as he could. Yeah, home. yep. I think Bottas is good at that. He can. He doesn't have too much of an ego, so he will settle this for was where his he's first race finishing in the points at Monaco. Yep. Mm. Yeah, it's a. It was a big thing that they were talking about on the Thursday and that. It's like he's been racing there for four or five years. But you've got to look at the car he's been driving. It's Williams. It's, Not, they're normally they're hopeless good. at Monaco. Yeah, he, he must go to um, Canada going, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, Dubai and stuff like that. Slippery um, tracks. Yeah, yeah. Well, you want a slippery straight, car. Straight line, Monza. Yeah, yeah. Those sorts of tracks. Um, but, yeah, so the Ferraris pulled away at the start. I think Raikkonen maybe used the tyres too hard at the start. Mm-hmm. And he really burnt through them. Because if you watch the start of the stint, he makes Vettel look slow. I don't know if Vettel's just giving him a gap to keep uh, out of the dirty air and stuff. But he, he pulls quite a gap on Vettel for a little bit. Mm. And then towards the end of the stint, you can see Kimi starting to have to do oversteer corrections and stuff like that. Where he's obviously overheated them mm. or or what? tire deck. What, what if something's going wrong. Vettel pulls up to him quite easily. Then they pulled him in for the for the pit stop, and obviously that free gave Vettel free air. Well, yeah. Well, Vettel must have like looked. He's looked after his tires enough to be able well, to get that pace I think, down. I think he would have known in his head that was his only chance of winning the race. But even after the pit stop, Kimi still looked like he was struggling a bit because there was a point there where I was going, "Oh crap!" You know, Daniel Rick, he's he's on for second. second. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I thought the same thing. I actually think the Red Bulls were the best on the super soft. Mm. Um, everyone else was running on the ultra softs. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So no one practiced on the the super soft. Yeah, everyone run ultra softs all weekend. And I don't even think anyone even took the softs. N- uh, yeah, I think a few of them had them there because you could see them in their their yeah. bars of what was left to use. But no one, like no everyone one, said, no one the softs them. are just to push the car around the track on, like you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that they basically went out there and I think Vettel held back enough so that he knew he could push afterwards. And once they gave him that, that, that space on the track where he could go out and set qualifying lap after qualifying lap, he, he really did it. And then that's when Raikkonen got unlucky because mm. it wasn't by a lot that Vettel ended up in front of him. It was third, not even 30 meters on track. So... Uh, Rocket and stop wasn't the best stop in the world, so. But then Vettel's wasn't. Vettel was a three point one second yeah, and, stationary. And was a three point eight, I think. So, mm. so it wasn't the best stop, but um, everyone needs to employ Williams as their pit stop. Crew. They were Williams are not the best on the weekend either, actually. But it, it's a tight because they were talking about. I think it was Christian Horner was talking about. Um, once again, with Max, I know we're jumping all over the place. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Um, with Max, they had a 3.8, and he said it wasn't the boys' fault. It was kind of 
Max's fault. It's inevitable because of our pit bay where it is. They're always hard to like turn. They're in. not even straight, too. Yeah, and that's what he said. He said it wasn't quite in the marks, so it took a little bit for the boys to get it. So it was still good that they could do it in under four seconds. Yeah, I think Danny Rick he got a two point eight or something. He was yeah, he his was a, nice a lot quick. better. Yeah, um, well, at least they had the tires ready this time. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> It's a year too soon. No, 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 no. We can keep talking about that. Um, but yeah, so you know that that made a little bit of a difference too, and then Kimi got caught in traffic, so that didn't help as well. Mm. Um, Kimi, Bottas, and Verstappen all, all got, got caught, caught in, in the, the traffic. blue flag area. And well, that's what the problem is. You're on a tight track, small track, and it looked like um, Ricardo and Vettel were going to catch it. But every time they come up towards the back of someone, they'd pull in pit lane and pit. Yeah, that was really And they just kept lucky. getting this lucky break where there was no cars in it was front just of them. Clean track for a good. I think they stayed out what three or four laps before. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um. So that they look, it was it was sort of stars aligned. It's good to see it for um our fellow Aussie Daniel Ricciardo that that kind of worked out for mm. a change. Um, because he has been on the other end of that a few times as well. More often than not, I feel like. Australians end up on the get the <laughs> yeah. rough end of the pineapple. Yeah, so um, I feel for Max, and I feel for Raikkonen. I, I really wanted Raikkonen to win this one. I understand why Ferrari want Vettel to win it because he is going to be probably this year's world champion. Yeah. So um, do you reckon the Ferrari kid from Spain is is crying? I reckon he's probably protesting somewhere with some banners and signs. <laughs> <laughs> no. You were talking about Mitch, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mitch is out the front of, I don't know. Ferrari dealership in Gold Coast? Yeah, there would be a Ferrari dealership <laughs> down there somewhere. If you, So if you're down at the Gold Coast and you go to the Ferrari shop, there'll probably be Mitch out the front with a big sign going, Kimmy was robbed or something. <laughs> I, I don't know. Max's radio call afterwards. He was a little bit disappointed. He was a little. I can understand because he was like, probably didn't see Ricardo at all. Yeah, I think stop. I think he's seen him because he's like, is that Daniel? Yeah, he's like, is Daniel stopped? Did he stop? Because I swear there's a Red Bull ahead of me. <laughs> like, is Daniel going really slow? Because I feel like we're about to lap yeah, him. Yeah. Is Daniel going to get about, blue flags so I can get past him? Tell me we're about to lap him. Where did he go? <laughs> Must have been an awkward radio call to him. Uh, yeah, Max, um, Daniel has stopped. He's jumped us in the pit stop. Yeah. And then Max was... Isn't this fucking disgraceful? Yeah, I was saying... A disaster. That. Yeah, t- two two F-bombs or two expletives. Yeah. Um, Look, not, it, not, 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 I don't think... Not. It, I don't think he's... Um, I don't think he hated towards Daniel. Daniel, no. It's not like Daniel pushed him out wide or forced him into the not I don't, I don't feel that he's going to take it to heart. And I don't think it'll be with him. Red Bull paying him back. Like, I know it's not first, but here's a little trophy. It did feel a little bit like that. I ha- It's in the back of my head. This is, we still got the tinfoil hats on. <laughs> I thought that more than the Vettel thing, to be honest. Yeah, the Vettel thing, I just thought it was it was going to happen. Yeah, I just felt like... At least the Vettel thing, or the Vettel thing, it happened like it did. Because I actually think Ferrari, if it didn't happen, I think Ferrari would have said, Kimmy... Get out of the way. Move over. Let Patel take the win. And that would have been worse. This way, everyone's got clean hands still. Yeah. This way, it's not disrespectful to Raikkonen. No. He no. got unlucky. Yeah, he, he got unlucky slow. and it showed that 
it kind of goes, well, look how how much of a world champion that Vettel is. He managed to have someone pit, push hard, create the gap, and it was all his work. Yeah. We just didn't call him in. Yeah, I think I think it was a lot cleaner this way. Yeah, I I felt like it was probably more Red Bull that were maybe paying back, but I don't. I look, Max was all over the back of Bottas, and Bottas come in. Wouldn't you just stay out? Yeah, like what was he gonna do? Fall back? And you're not was, gonna jump him in the pits. Like he's the person that was behind Max was Daniel. So it's not like Daniel's going to do the undercut of Max. They won't allow that in Red Bull. Yeah. So they could have allowed Max to stay out. But I don't, I don't know. This we is, don't have all the data. This We don't have all the data. I'm not Christian Horner. And if they did do this for Daniel, well, it's probably a good thing because it does look a little raw when people still ask him the question about it. But Oh, it's, it's a race that people want to win. Like, Oh, yeah, well... There's not many races, um, so at the end of your career, how many of these did you win? Yeah, not people, people don't go, how many about. Australian Grand Prix did you win? Yeah. Who cares? How many Monaco Grand Prix did you win? Oh, exactly. I've won three. Oh, you're one of the greats. Yeah, exactly. Like, anything more than one. Multiple times is a good deal. Yeah, if you've won more than one Monaco Grand Prix, you're a dead set legend. Everyone will know your name forever. So, it is... Um, I don't know. I don't know if that's what's happened. It did It did seem convenient. Well, we had that end safety car, which I thought, oh, it's going to liven everything up, which, all right, let's quickly talk about Jensen's pass Almost. on Verline. I'm not surprised that he went for the opportunity. He was having a big battle with Pascal all race. Yeah, yeah. Started in the pits with the unsafe release. Well, there was a lot of arguments about that too. They said the five seconds was not good enough. No, well, it didn't. Because it held Jensen back from having other opportunities in the race because Pascal was so slow, he blocked him the whole race. Yeah, well, he ended up getting to the point that if he took his five-second penalty, Button wasn't getting past him. Yeah, so um, the problem with it was the fact that, okay, fair enough, they gave uh, Pascal a five-second penalty, but Jensen might have been... 20 seconds up the road. Mm. Five That's second penalty does not help Jensen. No, but you it can't. It gives him one position. Yeah. So, But all in all, um, he was having a fierce battle with Pascal and he did stick it up the yeah. Uh, was the, the door open? And, uh, before the tunnel there. And look, the door was definitely open. The door did get slammed shut it pretty hard. It was just hard. a bit windy. Yes. And the door did close very quick. Look, we were discussing before we come against on here. Anyone else? If you're against, like, I think if it was against Vettel or uh, Hamilton Ricard and or Hamilton, yeah. they would have watched the mirror when they opened the door that wide. Um, maybe. Look, I'm not saying 100 percent of the time they would have missed him, but maybe they would have left the door open instead of slamming it and then slamming their head on the on the it's guardrail very again. Very scary. We ne- we didn't get a replay and we didn't hear any radio. And all you see is a car on its side with where the driver's head would be. Yeah. Tires. Yeah. Um, especially for Pascal. So it's, I don't know if you listened year. to... Oh, you wouldn't have heard the interviews after the race. No, I haven't. So they interviewed him. Yep. And um, basically he, he said, I was quite frightened because the front brake started to smoke quite 
quite badly and I think it caught fire and I couldn't get out. Yeah. He was pinned in the car. And so that would be quite terrifying because, you know, obviously he's stuck in a car that if it had caught fire, he would have been I'm surprised very once the marshals knew that Pascal was okay, they didn't push the car over quicker. Well, and that's what weirded me out, to be honest, because I, I see, I didn't think they should push the car over, because he's in the car strapped down. It's going to hurt. Ca- yeah, those cars have no suspension. The, it well, would, even if a car did have suspension and you're on your side and you knock your car over, it's still going to give you a bit of a, a jolt. Yeah, um, and so especially for someone that could have back injuries. So I, they didn't show how they actually handled this whole situation, but I think they definitely needed a crane. I don't know if they You're did. You're not allowed to crane the car with someone in it. Mm, I don't know. I don't, I just, I don't mean I lift don't, it up. I mean to tip it over slowly. Put a lang- Yeah, yeah. And then sling like on slurry, it. And then yep. it slowly lower yeah. it over. Um, because, yeah, it, that would have hurt a lot, I reckon, if they had just pushed it down and it slammed down. Oh, it was. But I was very happy to um, hear the team radio going, Pascal, are you okay? He's like, yeah, I'm okay. And I was like, oh, thank God. And then we got all the videos, and then you realize that it was literally just very slow, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just just a, and I'm up, and I'm in the wall. Um, You don't see too many cars like that. No, not 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 very often at all. Right up, like you said, right up against the fake ocean. Yeah, yeah, the fake ocean there. Um, They did quite a good job with the fake ocean. I didn't see it until it was pointed out, and um, it does look like real ocean. (laughs) It's probably just a photo. But that did live in the race up. It did. It brought a bit of fear into the race. <laughs> Danny Ricardo touched cloth this weekend. He did. Yes. Um, he had a touch lively the restart. <laughs> touched the wall and touched cloth. Yeah. He nearly lost that position that he had gained so so well. And nearly had DNF, really. Clipped the wall quite heavy in turn one. Mm-hmm. Well, because... Car bobbled a little bit on the play, restart. Was, the track was coming up. At turn one, so it was doing a Bathurst and ripping up. Yep. Um, Fair bit of marbles and also very cold tires. That yeah, after the restart, you couldn't get the struggling. temperature into the car. Well, you looked at the lap times. They were doing like one minute, like 16s before the safety car. After the safety car, they're nearly doing one minute 20s. Yeah. You're like, wait, look at all that pace gone. You've got no heat in those tires. Yeah. Um, did but liven up the race. It was really good. But in the end... Vettel, Raikkonen, and Ricardo come home. I would like to see next year maybe a podium with whoever's in second, not so pissed off. It's two years in a row now. Yeah, it is a little bit like that. Um, Raikkonen's very good at holding it in, but very yeah. But Raikkonen just does Raikkonen and just doesn't give any expression. And well, Finns are like that in general. So Bodas even said he said it's very hard for us to smile. Finns aren't very good at showing emotion. We don't show when we're angry. We don't show when we're happy. We we always look the same. <laughs> and Why? Is it just because it's always cold and dark over there and that it's such grumpy? a serious place? <laughs> Chillax, guys. Come on. You're doing a great... You, you got one of the best jobs in the world. Smile a little. Well, that was actually one of the things um, watching on the pre-race. They bumped into Mika Hakkinen. He's another Finn. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, we got... Um, two fins on the yeah, two fins on the grid in the top in the top three, is like how w- you wouldn't believe it. And um, 
Martin Brundle always plugs it a little bit, but he's like, for such a small country, they're punching well above their weight with drivers. Oh, yeah. And like World Rally and stuff like that, they're really good as well. Like most of the Finns enter, win races. Yeah, yep. So. Well, another thing that was on during Monaco was the Formula Renault. Quick recap where Thomas Maxwell finished... Uh, 25th and 14th. I didn't actually get to catch any of these ra- um, races, but... Bit of a rough weekend for Tom this weekend. Yeah, yeah, another one probably hadn't been haven't been to this track before. Must be a hard track to learn. It is one, I think, that you've got to build up the confidence at it as well. So, um, fingers crossed for the up-and-coming years. You know, he'll come back a, a bit more confident next year and the year after that. It, it, it'll just build, so... Yeah, well, they had... Good. 14th is a pretty solid effort, to be honest, mm. and... Obviously, 25th um, must have had problems. So, yeah. But really, really, you know, you just got to get there and get the track time. Well, they head over to the Hungaro ring on June 30th to July 2nd. So, if you can get over there to see the Formula Renault, do it. Bit of a disappointment, Michael. Yeah. With Alonso. Look, Alonso did an unbelievable effort. He was leading and everything. Okay, I didn't see the race. Everything that I read online was basically saying that he was doing great pace, looked like he was in a race-winning position until a Honda gave out on him. I know. It must be haunting. And I, it was... Did the winner, like the Japanese guy, wasn't he in the same race team? There was like three Hondas failed that day. Yeah. Not good. 20 laps from the end or something, it was like... It was, I watched like... A little bit of video of it, and every time I watched it, I'm like, oh, Alonso's leading. He seemed to, like, the fans really accepted him there, and he brought a lot of fans to Indy, and the Indy it, fans just it was really grabbed w- him and were like, you can come back anytime. It was really warming when um when his engine failed at the end there, and he hopped out of the seat. And he got, like, a standing ovation from and everyone. And waved to the crowd. And that that like, like gives me goosebumps sort of thing. Mm. That he was, you know... Nothing against Americans, but they don't really follow Formula One very much. So it was a pretty big thing for him to bust into that market. Um, That's probably actually helped Liberty Media a little bit because I think to see that talent all of a sudden come there, do so well, and then um, I think it might make a few people watch Formula One a little bit more. Yeah, some indie fans might be like, oh, shit, if they can jump straight into this, what do they do on a daily basis? Hamilton said some pretty controversial stuff. What did, the what, week. Did, what did he say? I haven't. Okay, I, I, I try and not follow anything Hamilton says. I watched an interview with him from uh, midweek last week. Yep. And they were talking about uh, Alonso's chances and the what decision did he do? to Shoot go him down, and the decision to go to Indy. And he said, "I understand completely. He's the highest-paid Formula One driver in a p- car that is battling for fifteenth. He's like." I'd be frustrated too, and good on him. He's now going to a field that's a level playing field. And he said, look, the other drivers have more experience on rings. They've got more experience in IndyCar. They've grown up driving this style of car. He said, Alonso is going to be by far the best driver there. It's very supportive of him. That's a pretty big big call statement too, because I, I don't think there would have been overly a lot of, indie drivers out there that maybe were so happy with that comment. But, yeah. Well, but he did do very well. Yeah. I mean, none of my bets came off, so 
screw you, Alonso, but you know, it's not your fault and you did very well. And it would, it was a stu- stunning effort. The, the only thing that worries me is that he might not be able to do it next year. Yeah, that's another thing. Um, will they... Because um, I was reading up on it. Uh, Monaco's always in the last on the last Sunday of May or the fourth Sunday of May, which I assume it's the last. Um, and then Indy 500 is always on the last Monday of May. Yeah. So regardless, they're always going to fall on the same weekend. So this potentially has is will be his last Indy while he's a Formula One driver. Because he won't yeah. be able to do it now until he's out. Yeah, it's um, it's a real shame. And I think, honestly, if he doesn't get a competitive drive and after how well he did this time... Do a full season in Indy. We'll see how um, how much he talks about it. Because I haven't seen any interviews since. No, I haven't. I, I saw him say that he wants to come back. Um, but yeah, that see how did that the milk goes. thing. Yeah. I don't get that. The milk in yeah. Indy. It's the brickyard, man. It's tradition. Uh, if I ever win Indy, which I won't, I'm not drinking that milk. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to sip a bit and then pour it everywhere. Pour it all over. Because I love hot milk all over me, mate. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I just, I think it's weird enough that they just pour the champagne all over them and you're like, that's not nice. It is funny because then they'll be walking around the paddock for like an hour or a lot afterwards doing interviews covered in hot champagne. Yeah, and you're like... Like, we've all had a big night out and you spill a drink on yourself. You're like, oh, God, I need a shower or something. It's, just, <laughs> it's feral. Not too much in V8 Supercar news, really. I mean, we've still got another Formula One round before we go to the V8s. Um, one interesting thing that I did see today was Matt White Motorsport said they will investigate the possibility of a full-time move into the Virgin Australian Supercar Championship for 2018. Um, something you've been calling for a lot, actually. Yeah, I yeah. think we should promote more teams up from the development team into the main game, especially like, you know, Matt White Motorsport have seen pretty good deal with the Nissans and professionally run. Um, and they seem to like, you know, granted Shay had that the run in with Caruso, but this is his first race in the main game. You know, we got to give him a little bit of leeway. Well, he raced last year in the main game, Shay. Yeah, oh, true. He did. He, um, for for Erebus, Erebus. In a horrible car, but... We've got Jack LeBrock coming up for, to Darwin to do the wild card in, um Yeah, yeah. And think is be Macaulay racing in Darwin as well? I think there's yeah, two. Yeah, I think Macaulay, Jones, LeBrock, and is there anyone else? I'm, I'm don't, not 100%. Don't think don't Golding or anything is. No, nah, Golding, I think, has only got a once off. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. The only thing with if Matt White moved to the main game and leave development series, there was the big fanfare of the Nissans are now in the development series and they're <laughs> going to take their cars and go to the main game. Yeah. Would he run a development series team still? Do you think he would be able to afford it? He would need to well, get pay drivers. They're all, all, they're, pay, they're drivers. all pay drivers. They will bring their own sponsorship. Mm. I, doubt I think it might push him a little bit too far to do... It, I think it'd probably need a year or two because it, that was like a triple eight sized effort. Well, even that, if you were it's like triple eight are not that big. They've run three cars in the main game, but you know, they haven't run their a Dunlop team since Casey Stoner. Oh yeah, but they also supply. I know they parts supply a lot and stuff. stuff like but that. you look at like, I think um, 
Brad Jones Racing really needs a good, you know, handshake because yeah, they run three cars. cars the they run like what three? Three, three in, the main, in the main game. game, and like three or four in the second yeah. tier. And I wouldn't be surprised if they do the Kumo series or something like that as well. They seem to run everything. Yeah, they're busy little beavers. He's just, you know, he's like, oh, got these cars, might as well use them somewhere. Yep. Um, but yeah, no, it'd be interesting, and I, I. I I would like to see some way with teams, not just drivers promoting themselves from this Dunlop team to the main game. I I would like to see some Dunlop teams move up, even if it is at the expense of Lucas Dumbrell Motorsport. That's a big statement you just put out there in the world. I did, but that's because they need a wake-up call. They do. I think there's obviously some funding issues there. Uh, everyone wants Lucas to still be there, but they're, they're struggling a little bit with um, cash flow. And that does not help um, you win races. So We can't just keep teams in the main game for the sake of like keeping them in. I don't like... I want... The whole thing about this field was that everything's so close. And well, there's a reason why all the wildcard entries performed heaps better than the Lucas Dumbrell cars because... They're all in much better cars. Yeah, exactly. I You struggle to think, will the Lucas Dumbrell team, if they went straight into Dunlop as of the whole crew now picked up, boom, you're now in Dunlop, do you think they'll be as competitive or do you think they'll be mid-pack? I think they'd be mid-pack, to be honest. Um, I know from a source, I won't name the driver, but I know that was one of the head drivers from the development series at the moment. Um, one of the top guys in the championship got offered a drive to drive for Lucas Dumbrell mm-hmm. and turned it down because he thought it would be a bad career move. I th- yeah. Because obviously, like once you get labelled a loser, it's really hard to fight, like to, to get into a top it. team. Yeah. Mm. Um, the so same. That I thought Scott Pye was going to struggle with a little bit at the start when he came into the team, uh, into the main game, and he had that shocking run first couple of years. And yeah, I was Scott like, Pye has really stuck it out, and he's been. He's proved fortunate himself. now. I think he's got into a. It's a bad team. It's probably not fortunate, but you know what I mean. He stayed out there, where a lot of drivers would have run into the same era, uh, like problems that he had and and just bowed out. Mm. Um, he didn't have a good run coming in, and it 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 was a bit of a struggle for a long time for him. All right. Well, we head to Canada next. We do. Got a week off, mate. We do. You can go fishing. I am. Good. I don't know where yet. Don't know I'm where, going. but you're going to go somewhere. <laughs> He's like, I'm not staying in town. I don't have to be at a TV at night time. So we will wrap this up now. Um, oh, let's get our tips. Who who do you think? This is going to be... For a, Canada? Yeah, for Canada. Canada. Canada, Canada eh? Mercedes uh, could be back. They could be. Oh, will Massa steal the show? No. Um, <laughs> this is a track that Massa likes. And Williams it would be... Uh, well, we know... Williams will be good at this. I think Williams will battle with possibly Red Bull and also with um, Force India. Mm-hmm. I think Red Bull maybe won't be on pace with Ferrari and... Mercedes. Mercedes up the front no. there, possibly. I don't know. They do reckon they come... they got more developments on the car for Monaco. they got a couple of weeks. So and they... they this is actually something I want to talk about. Now, last episode I referenced there was no T-Wing. There's a T-Wing now. There's a T-Wing now. Okay, I quickly want to ask you. Everyone's like, ban it. What do you think? 
I'm used to them now. They look silly, but oh, they're on every car. Um, I think ban them, just to get that variable out of there. We already got pretty complicated cars as it is. Let's try and bring the pack together. And do you think we should just get rid of the shark fin as well while we're at it? Um, to begin the big sorry at the beginning of the season, I I didn't like it. Um, but there are kind of a couple of cool looking ones. The Mercedes one, I like how it cuts yeah, back yeah, around. Yeah, but I'm more thinking, wasn't the whole idea with these shark fins with the making the cars very unstable with as soon as the air, as soon as you lose the back end a little bit and that's stopping the air going over the wing and that's when you... It is It is for stability as mm. to direct the air and also for shear. So when you're moving sideways, it'll it has a shear. Like the wind can't move yep. across it, um, but we just got to build better cars. Like <laughs> you heard it, guys. We got to <laughs> build better cars. These cars aren't as good. The so, development is going to come. This season's going to be pretty crazy with the development mm. of these cars. I think um, we don't know who's going to be fastest at the end of this year. Really, no, we don't at all. All right. So who's your tip? Mercedes, Ferrari. Hamilton, look, Vettel. I'm just going to say Vettel again. Uh, n- no real reason. It's just because he's been doing such a good job, and we discussed this last week, that once he gets in this role, he's very hard to stop. Yeah, I'm I'm going to go with Vettel. And we've At already proven if, if, a Fer- if Ferrari get one too, they're going to give it to they're Vettel. They're going to give it to Vettel, exactly. Um, and I just think that there's going to be really hard. Like, he's got a 25-point lead now in the championship, so... That's a full race win. Yeah, it's going to be hard to hard to stop him now. He's going to be full of confidence, and uh, he'll be pushing hard, I think. All right. He's enjoying it, too. He is. He's looking very happy. Oh, once he gets this enjoyment, it's hard to stop him. You can't. I, I want a Vettel hat. I quite like them. A Vettel hat? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It looks cool. I think they gave Kimmy a Vettel hat, and he threw it away after qualifying. He's like, no, where's too. my hat? You're like, where's my hat? Like, I'm number one. Okay, on that note, we're pretty much done and dusted this episode. Yep. Um, we'll catch you up after Canada. So don't forget, if you like the show, hit us up on Facebook. Or if you've got any questions, hit us up on Facebook. We're facebook.com forward slash breaking late. If you want to email us in, if you've got any little secrets or if you've got some inside knowledge that you want to share with the show, email through at breakinglate at gmail.com. We can keep you anonymous. Or if you want to tell the world, either or other, we're, we're happy and we're just happy to hear from everyone. Well, that's that's us. That is us. <laughs> I, I, am I missing anything? I don't think so. I don't think we so. do have a YouTube account now. If you don't like watching or listening to us on um on on your podcasting app or something, and you're you know you're on a computer somewhere and you just, just want to put it on it the, the background. background. Yep, you can go to uh, YouTube. There's no video for it. There's just there's a static picture of our, our logo. But our yeah, faces. hit it up, hit it yep. up, and check that out as well. Oh, yeah, and head to our Facebook, uh, not our Facebook page, head to our actual website, breakinglate.com. Cool. All right. No worries. We'll see you guys next, not next week, fortnight from now. Yep. Week off. Stay tuned. We'll (laughs) catch you later. See ya. Bye. Bye.